This is Calgary Today with Angela Cocott on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. I've told you that I've been in broadcasting, oh gosh, I think it's almost 36 years now, is it 35 years? It's been a long time. And so I've had lots of stories that I have shared with other people, reported on, covered. But there is one story that stands out so much so that I remember exactly where I was, what I was doing when I heard about the death of Jason Lang in Tabor. Now, to set the scene for you, this was at the time of the Columbine shootings and when it was just horrific to hear that any student would come into a a school and shoot fellow students. And I think we always felt pretty safe here in Canada because that's the state. They have their problems. But when this shooting occurred at Tabor's W.R. Myers, it really hit way too close to home. And so it was tragic that a young man, and we heard so much about Jason, that he lost his life to this. And as the story unfolded, we understood that the, the gunman was a troubled soul, who had been bullied, not by Jason, but had been bullied when he finally made that decision to go into that high school. So that story was hard enough for me to take in, and especially I was a young mother at the time. But then when I heard Jason's dad, Reverend Dale Lang, publicly say that he had forgiven the gunman, the man who took his son's life. I thought, how do you do that? How do you really forgive someone who has taken your child? And so yesterday when Joe McFarland was talking about the um, gunman who killed or stabbed rather the murderer who killed a prominent Calgary doctor and is now out on day parole and how the widow of the doctor has forgiven that person. I thought, you know, I want to go back to talk to Reverend Lang because I have talked with him in the past and he has such a great story. Dale, thanks so much for joining us today. You're welcome, Angela. And you know what? As I said, I'm being completely honest. We all remember how you came out and forgave the gunman. And I think a lot of people said, how do you do that? Dale, first of all, tell us what Jason was like as a kid. Well, Jason was sort of a, he's a bit on the quieter side, sort of a kid, but he enjoyed his life. He, uh, he played soccer on the soccer team and uh, uh, in town here over, over a number of years, enjoyed that a lot. He had some good friends. He, two days before he was killed, he had uh, purchased a used car, his first car, and he was pretty excited about that. He was a fairly typical teenage kid. He did have a kind of a soft spot for kids who were having difficulties at school and stuff. And I remember one time he had uh, asked his mom to take him down to a home not far from where he lived because... And a new boy had moved into town, and he was actually from a different country, didn't speak English very well, and he wanted to sort of befriend him. So she did that and, and did make friends with the young man. So he was, a, he was a pretty caring kid. Yeah, and so that why, that's why it was even more tragic that he actually lost his life to someone who, as it, we later learned, had also been probably the victim of bullying. But, Dale, why, why did you think it was important that you forgave the person who took your son's life? Well, to be honest, at the time, um, I didn't really think a lot about that. We were certainly in deep grief, and it was a very difficult time. Uh, it was a response, I think, out of my faith at the time that created that situation. Later on, I thought about it on and off quite a bit and realized that um, the value of forgiveness is immense because 
I had met over the years of speaking and traveling around the country, I'd met many parents who'd lost kids, some to accidents, some were murdered, some to disease. And um, I could see in, in many of those cases, the people were not able to let go and were very angry and, and, and just doing more damage to themselves and to others. And I began to understand that the, the, the value of forgiveness is really a place of freedom and healing that you can't find if you aren't able to forgive. You're just going to be in that damaged, hurting, angry place and tough to get out of that. I wonder, though, if some parents who have lost a child, they almost feel like they're doing the child a disservice if they don't continue to to carry that that anger against the person who did that to their child. Yeah, that's very true, it, because a really significant injustice has happened, and it's just so unjust that people do have trouble letting go of that. In my case, I thankfully didn't have that. Uh, trouble letting go of that, and at the end of the day, I think uh, it honored my son's memory in a in a in a greater fashion, uh, because my son was a caring person, and 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 he would forgive people when they did things to him sometimes and stuff. So, so I think in the long run, it was more honoring for me. And the other thing about that is that, you know, you can't, you know, there's there's for parents, there's no real justice because the only thing you really want is your child back. Mm-hmm. And and you can't have that. And even the ending of somebody else's life isn't going to really fix that for you. So letting go of, of the anger and, and, and even that injustice thing really does set you in a place on a road to, to, to being healed, really. And Dale, that's why I wanted to have you talk about Jason, because I also think that sometimes in situations, whether it be a child dying or, as I said, the story yesterday we were talking about, it was a widow, her husband, who was a prominent doctor in Calgary, had died, that I think that if you don't, if you keep hanging on to the anger you have to whoever did this, then you're not spending enough time remembering what a great person, husband, child you had and who's no longer a part of your life. Yeah, I think that's very true. And of course, as someone said once, you know, um, being angry and unforgiving is sort of like uh, taking poison, hoping somebody else will die. Hmm. It just doesn't work. It, it just damages you more and more and eats you up. And, and it just makes you into a person that you really don't want to be. But, Dale, you're clear in saying that it wasn't as if the next day, all right, all is forgiven. I mean, how long was the process for you to come to terms with that? Well, for me, it was a a, a very, it was actually a fairly short time frame, but it wasn't easy. I mean, I got very angry in the hospital after uh, we we were told that our son had, had died. I was beginning to get angry at the boy who shot him, even though I didn't know who he was or anything about him. But at that moment in time, you know, I I began to think, you know, this is probably another messed up kid who's got a lot of issues and found out later that was true. And that took me to a place of of being not so much angry, but sad, Uh, sad that we live in a world and a country. I mean, our country has so many advantages. It's such an amazing place to live, considering all that goes on in the world Mm -hmm. elsewhere. And then to realize that we still have all these issues and people are being hurt so much that they strike out and hurt other people. It's, it's a sad thing to me. 
So at the memorial service for our son, like four days, five days later, I was able to say that I forgave this young man. And people were surprised at that. Again, it's out of my faith that I, I feel God gave me the strength to do that. And at the time, uh, I wasn't going to, I wasn't really aware, but it had a tremendous impact on our community. Uh, people were, because so many, so often when people are angry, then everybody in the community gets angry too. Right. But in this case, people were not talking about how angry they were. There was a lot of people that were seeing the benefit, I guess, the value of being able to let go. And nobody bothered this. I mean, we met with this boy's mother about two weeks after the shooting, and and she was able to tell us that people did not, you know, harass her family or, or do anything nasty to them. And I'd asked that people would not do that at the, at the memorial service, and I was very thankful that that's the way it worked out. Yeah, because we forget that... Someone else has lost a child as well, you know, I mean, exactly. Yeah, and even if even if I know some people will probably text and say, oh, yeah, the kid probably didn't spend that long in jail and on and on. But still, a mother has seen what has happened to her child to the point where he had to take a gun and take someone else's life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a tragic thing. And actually, in this particular case, he ended up staying in custody a lot longer than planned. So uh, he still had issues for several years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know he's out now, and I, I'm hoping he's doing okay. We've lost track of his mom. She moved away a number of years ago. So Reverend Dale Lang is my guest this half hour, and we are talking about the power of forgiveness. Now, we are going back to April of 1999 when he lost his 17-year-old son, Jason, to a high school shooter. And uh, as he said, it was about four days later at the memorial that he asked people to forgive and he had found it in his heart to forgive the shooter as well. Dale, I think you'll appreciate this text. Can you please pass along uh, to uh, Dale Lang that our daughter has received the Jason Lang Scholarship the last three years of university. She's very appreciative of that. Great good can come from a tragic situation. Oh, thank you. Glad to hear that. That's great. Uh, All right. So I was saying that, you know, you came to this realization fairly quickly after the loss of your son. Yes. Was it the same for your wife? And and in all the conversations you've had with people all over the world, you you must find that couples don't always, whether it be a child or um, um, a loved one, they don't always come to that point at the same time. Yeah, that's very true, Angela, because I have met an uh, over the years, a number of folks struggling with this issue, and I have also met people who ended up uh, getting divorced because of it, um, and that's kind of sad. But uh, in my case, uh, uh, my wife and I were on board together very, fairly quickly on in the process. didn't happen for our whole family that way. We had one of our sons who was also a student in the school at that time, and he he was very, very angry about it, and he stayed angry about it, I think, for a number of years. I think he's sort of finally coming around uh, after sort of being angry for a long time uh, about that. Um, but, yes, it's tough, and and in some senses, as much as you'd like to help people out, some people have to go through a longer road to get there, too. Dale, but you're, you have a strong faith. You know, you were a reverend. Yeah. Uh, I'm wondering if the average person who maybe doesn't have as strong a faith is saying, sure, it's easy for him. It's not so easy for everyone else. Well, I'm not sure I would say it was easy. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I've had people ask me similar questions before. And, and you know, um, whether you have faith or not, um, 
I would say it's pretty critical for you and for everybody to still find that place of forgiveness. Because if we don't find that, then we put ourselves into a what it really amounts to a prison, at least at a psychological level. And it's a place that just continues to do more harm and damage to us and the people around us. So, yeah, sometimes it might be a tough road to walk. I mean, I can't, you know, you can't evaluate or even express how deep the pain is when you lose a child. Most parents, that's the one fear, that's the greatest fear of their lives is that they would have something serious happen to one of their children. You can't express that, right? But the truth is that, yeah, it can be tough and it can be a take time. And it's okay sometimes that it takes time to get there. The question is whether or not we want to try to find our way to that place of forgiveness because that's the key. If we can start the road, I think we'll get there. But if we don't want to, then we're in trouble. How important is it to make sure you surround yourself with people who are similar, whether it be a support group or people who can help you on that journey? Because sometimes you can end up with people who are holding you back from getting on that road. Yeah, it it is important. I mean, we were very blessed when our son was killed. We had a a very strong support community around us, both inside our family and friends and and people in the church and whatnot. And, And that was, for us, that was critical. Some people feel like they need space and not to be around other people. But for us, it was important to have people around and and to be able to grieve together. You know, the grieving thing is going to happen to everybody in a case like that. And I think there are really healthy ways to grieve. And I think there are sometimes unhealthy ways to grieve. And we have to be in that place where we can do the grieving and have people support us in that. There is nothing. I mean, this is one of the hardest things. But people came to our house, uh, I mean, two or three hundred a day for, for a number of days before the memorial service. And they came and, and people, there's nothing they can say, but just their coming was, was really, um, really supportive of us and very much a blessing. So it was very, a very important thing. Well, that's advice, right? That's great advice to hear from someone who's gone through it because, um, you know, you often hear whether it's a terrible loss and people say, well, what am I supposed to say? You know what? Maybe nothing. Yeah, nothing has to be said. And uh, sadly, (laughs) unfortunately, sometimes people wanting to say something, say something that doesn't make a lot of sense, but that's okay. Yeah. I mean, you sort of understand that that's going to happen. But no, there's nothing that has to be said. You just come and you cry with people and you hug people and you just support people. And that's what people really need. Dale, another text here. As a person of faith, I cannot seem to forgive others. Is there any help? At least this person has faith. Do you have any advice for that person? Well, I think there's there's probably some sort of a reason that that's happening, and it could be a variety of things. A lot of times we get set in the early years of our lives with a mindset uh, on one thing or another. And so unforgiveness, uh, might, it might indicate that the person has been seriously hurt a number of times and they've made a sort of a promise to themselves to not let that happen again. So when, it, when they do get stung by somebody, they just, they're just rigid about it. I mean, I'm not sure what her circumstance is or this person's circumstance is, but at least I think the key is to say, I want to try and forgive. And if you're a person of faith, then I would add, well, then you just keep praying about that and asking God to help you until you reach the point where you know you've let go. 
at least this person is recognizing that they can't forgive, right? You know, I mean, some exactly. people go through their life just thinking, well, I'm, I'm a person of faith and I'm never going to forgive that person, realizing, wait, that isn't right. That's not helping. Another text here says, it takes great strength to forgive. The easier route is to not forget and to live with the pain. Being angry is like punching yourself in hope that someone else feels the pain. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it, it's not a necessarily an easy road, um, and it varies for every person in every situation. But I guess I'm sort of trying to say that no matter what the journey is to get there, it's it's more than worth it. Yeah, uh, and here's another person. I'm an atheist. You don't need religion to forgive. You just need to understand the person who hurt you and see the weakness inside of yourself and then see it in the person that hurt you. You know, so that person's just saying, uh, I know you're talking about faith and people are talking about that, but still, I think you are just saying whatever it takes, just see the positive that comes out of the forgiveness. Yes. Oh, wow. As always, Dale, um, you know what? I appreciate the time, and uh, I'm sure you can't believe it's been that long, 1999, since you lost Jason. So um, I'm so glad you had some time for us today. You're welcome. Uh, Yeah, it's kind of strange. He was 17 when he died, and this will be the 17th year since he died, so that's kind of odd for us. Do you do anything special on his birthday? or? Well, actually... Uh, we do sometimes do something special on his birthday. Um, tragically, he died on my eldest son's birthday. The son who's had a hard time had a hard time no, forgiving. No, oh, another one. Have, okay, we have, we have three. We have oh. four sons all together. Okay. So my eldest son's birthday is the day that Jason was killed. But we always go out. Usually, go to the cemetery and spend a little time out there before we celebrate Jeff's birthday. And uh, and yeah, it's been a healing process. And uh, as People know you don't forget. You for, you can forgive. You don't yeah. forget. And the pain never totally leaves you, but that doesn't mean you can't be healed. Yeah. And Dale, I think we can also take from this conversation, if you are having any problems forgiving, no matter what the situation, seek some professional help or exactly. if, there's a, if there's a pastor in your life or something like that. Dale, I sure appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you, Angela. Have a good day. You bet. Uh, Reverend Dale Lang joining us. Calgary Today with Angela Cocott. Weekdays at 3 on News Talk 770 Calgary.